for me, meditations it's a magic bullet and I'm so, so excited that it's becoming more mainstream because I think the world's going to be different. It's, it'll take us out of the the you versus me to a we because we're in that space. Fundamentally, you realize that we're all connected. Hello, listeners, and welcome along to the Mind to Lead podcast, the podcast where leaders are made. Whether you're a CEO, manager, teacher, or parent, I believe everybody can be a leader. My mission is to help my listeners understand the skills, traits, and mindset of what it takes to become an exceptional leader. I'm your host, Georgie Hubbard, business owner, career, and mindset coach. So if you're ready to discover the mindset it takes to lead, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome back to the Mind to Lead podcast. Today I interview Troy Haynes. Troy is passionate about supporting people and entrepreneurs create technology around mental health, well-being and human thriving. Troy is part of the transformative technologies throughout Australia. Troy is passionate about people turning ideas into reality. In today's episode, we went deep. We spoke about visualization, meditation, and how you have to go inwards in order to attract all of the good things that you want in your life. So tune in. Today's episode is really profound, and I hope you enjoy. So welcome, Troy, to episode number three of the Mindset to Lead. Absolute pleasure to have you here today. So for those of the for those that don't know who you are, can you give us a little bit of an introduction into yourself and a bit about your background? Sure. Thanks, Georgie. So my name is Troy, as you mentioned. Uh, I presently own a, uh, an incubator in, in far north Queensland, Cairns, but living on the Gold Coast and really passionate, I guess, about helping people to... Um, turn ideas into reality. Um, I, I guess I consider myself an entrepreneur. I've had some relative success in the past in, in business and it was in doing that, I had an online travel business that I realized that it wasn't what I wanted to be doing and then from there really um, have spent the last uh, eight years or more really searching for like what does it take to effectively turn ideas into reality. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So that, your travel business, yep. So how, how long were you working on that for? So I had that for about uh, six years mm-hmm. and then um, that was, it was great. You know, mm-hmm. I was working from home and had staff that worked from home and it was good cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, but should I go into like more of the detail in it? Yeah, so I think what's really interesting is that there's a lot of people who – own their own business and then go on the journey in search of more purpose. And yeah. that's kind of what I'm really interested in. So you said you had that for six years. It was good cash cow. You're making good money, which for most people would think, hey, you've made it, but you decided to go into something else. So I'm interested to know why that was. Yeah, cool. I guess like um, winding it back a little bit further than that as well. Like I grew up, I, I consider myself a highly sensitive person and it wasn't until later in life that I realized when my son went to school um, what that actually meant. Um, if I could just tell a little story around that. Like mm-hmm. he was in prep, he was going into school and his teacher said, we're not sure what's wrong with um, Ethan, but when the kids come up to him in the morning, he'll just burst into tears. And we're like, oh, what's going on here? And long story short is we started researching around. It turns out he's a, he was highly sensitive. We always knew he was sensitive, but he reminded me of, um, um, reminded me of him. He reminded me of me. Mm-hmm. And um, it was that um, 
learning around that that I realized that what sensitivity is is that you're open to more stimuli and when you're open to more stimuli if you haven't learned how to process that you can become overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and that sensitivity for me growing up it caused me a a lot of suffering Um, and I felt this underlying sense of suffering when I was growing up and um, so that got me on the personal development path and you know I'm not sure about you but when I finished school I had no idea what I wanted to do or who I was as a person so I sort of just fell into a few things and I did a marketing degree and a diploma in business and eventually fell into starting an online travel business. But at the same time, I was doing a lot of personal development work, a lot of meditation. And it was that meditation practice um, that really started to help me step out of that internal mental noise and really cap into who I was as a person. But by that time, I was like really invested in this business and kind of felt stuck in it um, with the growing sense of who I was. So I got to that point where I realized that I didn't want to be doing this travel business um, for the rest of my life, even though it was awesome, but I was, it was, I was still suffering. And it wasn't until I actually uh, moved out of that and stepped into what I felt my purpose was that I really felt like uh, that suffering, mm-hmm. at, some, at least some part of it, um, mm-hmm. diminished. Mm-hmm. And I, so I love that. So you were running a business that perhaps was, well, by some things was not fulfilling you and you were searching for purpose. And I think that actually a lot of people go on that journey themselves. They start a business or they kind of fall into a business and then down the track they go, I've got my business now, I'm making good money, but why aren't I, why aren't I waking up every day feeling fulfilled? So what I'd love to understand is what, what process did you go through in order for you to take those first few steps to transition from running that business to, you know, the one that you currently have now? Yeah, that's a good question because it, it's not always um, as easy as just going, oh, I'm just going to mm. move over here. It was actually yeah. that, it, that pain in being in that business had to get enough because it, on the face of it, like it was a good cash flow business, like on, from a lifestyle, it was, it was a really cool business, but that, it was still empty inside. And I remember one day sitting in front of the computer going, you know, I just can't do this anymore. I just couldn't do it anymore because um, for, you know, even when that growing sense of who you are as a person starts to really like connect with you, it, um, I felt like I needed to be somewhere else. And, and that pain sort of increased until it was like it got so much that I remember – I just needed to get away. So I packed a bag and said to all my staff, look, I'm going away for a few days and just closed the door and started hitching south and um, essentially left with the view of trying to find the answers to what what um, what I needed to do. Long story short is um, I lasted about a day in my, in my hitching south and then um, was sleeping on the street just like legitimately just into the wild trying to figure this out. And then... Um, I had the awareness that I, you know, I needed to, I needed to just take a leap of faith and transition. So um, when I came back, I got a business coach. Coaches are awesome, and decided to either work towards selling it or um, putting a manager in place. And eventually, uh, was able to get it to a point where um, the right person came along and I sold it. Great. Yeah. So wow. So that that's quite a journey. So yeah. And. <laughs> 
it's really interesting you say that because I feel that it's a it's almost like that point that you something just happens and all of a sudden like you got to that point you're like I can't do this anymore and then it's obviously all about taking action and you know maybe like doing like you did you sort of stepped away and sort of got clear in your mind so for for the people listening out there that perhaps you know are in a job that they don't particularly like or running a business and looking to start something new what steps you, you mentioned a coach and you've mentioned meditation mm. so let's 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 sort of take it back and go okay so if I am that person or you know you back then what are the steps that you believe are the right steps in order to get people from where they are to where they want to be yeah for sure so I think like a number one in terms of like having a, a greater sense of who you are as a person mm. um, meditation is such a powerful tool because it takes you out as part of the meditation practice, you're pulling your attention away from that mental noise, the thoughts, the feelings, the the emotions, that mind-made concept of self, so the mind itself, and then holding your attention in the stillness. And it's from that stillness. And, and I teach around this with the different brainwave states. We drop into like a, a theta brainwave where we have a greater sense of connection to intuition, instinct, uh, knowing, connection. And it's from there... You know, you can hear those inspired thoughts around who you are as a person as opposed to that narrative self that is active in the mind where it just like criticizes and judges and you can't think your way to your purpose when you're in that state. So meditation is really, really powerful for that. But then what I see a lot of, and I was just had a conversation around this today with, um, with a potential client, is that we have a growing sense of like who we are as a person, but then as part of being in this world, we still need to have a cash flow. And it's one thing to have that insight. Um, and this is why I started this incubator. It's like teaching people, you know, where insights happen, how to tap into that sense of purpose. But then at the same time, how do you actually commercialize that? How do you actually take an idea which is fundamentally intangible and then how do you create it in this three-dimensional reality? So I think coaches or finding somebody that already has that success, uh, somebody that's done it before is really, really powerful because I see it time and time again where people, um, they just start building, they'll jump off and they'll start creating what they think. And then um, it's, you know, it's, it's not as simple as that. I've got this idea, boom, I'm going to make it and the world's mm -hmm. going to love it. it mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. So then the two steps are have a meditation practice to st stop going external all the time and bring yourself internal and get clearer on what you actually want and who you are and like trust that intuition and what comes up and then to get a coach and get a mentor somebody that you can bounce ideas off ideally and... i think that's the fast track like mm -hmm. you can read books you can mm -hmm. figure it out yourself uh, like anything but for me i've got coaches in multiple areas of my life and i'm pretty sure that you have mm. as well yeah it's just um, like the fast track. I'm, I'm, I don't want to have to bumble along and make all the mistakes myself. I want someone in my corner in key areas of life that can just help me get the success that they've already got. And I think that's just um, helps. It's just smart from my point of view. And meditation, it's a magic bullet for so many things, not just like that. It's like um, stress, anxiety. Like it's... Um, like flow, productivity, um, just uh, growing sense of connection to who we are. Like it's it, for me, meditation's it's a magic bullet, and I'm so so excited that it's becoming more mainstream because I think the world's going to be different. It's, it'll take us out of the 
the you versus me to a we because we're in that space fundamentally you realize that we're all connected yeah yeah i've had a meditation practice for the last three to four years now and it's profoundly changed my life like i can say that um with complete and utter honesty and truth but when I say that to people, they go, oh, I don't have time to meditate. Or when I sit and meditate, my thoughts go wild. And I'm kind of like, what's kind of the point? So <laughs> what what would you say to people who are too busy to meditate? You know what? <laughs> I, I hear that a lot as mm. well. And it brings me to um, one of my favorite quotes from Gandhi. And it's, uh, I'm so busy today. I've got to meditate for twice as long. And, and what it is, is for me is... We're moving into this new way of being, like in uh, in a, coming back to the different brainwave states. Is like when most people's waking state is a beta state, which is a a state where we're multitasking. But when we're multitasking, our attention gets fractionated. When our attention gets fractionated, we, we fractionated. We accumulate stress and anxiety, and then um, we feel busy. But you know, our mind feels busy, like the, the mind takes over. But then. Below that, like when we meditate, uh, we move into alpha. And theta, alpha, um, when we're in alpha, we're predisposed to gamma, which is insight, intuition, instinct. And and in there, once we have our attention away from the mind, well, then we can set our intentions. And it's so it's moving to this new way of being where we're no longer just having to think our way to doing things. It's like it's almost like you drop into the stillness, you align with what is the flow all around you and you're guided by that and then you set your intention. So it's almost like that term, which I'm, I know it's a bit like co-creating. I'm not sure I like the term, but it is Mm co-creating. It's like you set your intentions and then you just know. So you move into effective doing Mm -hmm. and um, being and Mm -hmm. knowing. Mm -hmm. And for people who are wanting to get into meditation, are there any, any apps or anything that you'd recommend that have worked well for you? Yeah, there's heaps of different things. And the thing with meditation is you just got to, there's so many different, op- different ways to meditate. Mm. And um, it's like, try something. If it doesn't work, try something else. Like I use, um, with a lot of my clients, like tech, um, technology. So um, there's focus bands and there's muses um, and they read, read the brain frequency. And when people can see the data and they can see how they're influencing the data with their breath and with the different techniques and practices, well, then it becomes real. It's no longer this intangible woo-woo concept. It's actually a scientific phenomenon and you're yeah. guiding that consciously. Mm. Uh, there's other, there's so many different techniques. So there's other things like um, Calm and um, Headspace and the different apps like that. Uh, or there's um, tools like um, Holosync, uh, which is like a vinyl beats that plays different tones in different ears and it actually brings you down into a meditative state. Um, and there's good old fashioned just focusing on your breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I teach a Zen meditation practice, which is based around three essences. First is um, releasing tension because we have a lot of this unconscious um, energy and energy or emotion, energy emotion that we don't um, process effectively throughout the day that just gets stuck. And so it's a matter of um, releasing that. And then from there, um, right breathing, breath helps to control the central nervous system. And then from there, really focusing your attention as an anchor 
to take control of your attention away from the mind. Most people, I think the big thing, if I can just say, most people have this um, misanoma that, that we are the mind, but we're not the mind. There's an over-identification with the mind and they even talk about the mind as if it's them, but it's not. And it's when you realize that and, you, and then you can start observing the mind, that's when the true, mm-hmm. when we truly step into our power. Mm-hmm. So if people just could maybe learn just to sit for what, 10 minutes a day and just do some form of meditation whether that's just you know tuning into their breath or just doing just just closing their eyes and going a bit inwards your your view is that they would ultimately you know invite a lot more calm and um you know presence i guess into their life uh 100 percent. i think something's better than nothing but again yeah. i would suggest find a teacher right find somebody mm. to teach you to mm-hmm. do it and then um somebody that's like not rigid in their way is the only way. The way I look at it, there's one mountain and there's many different paths to climb it. And that's what I love about the technology that's emerging. It's providing the data and it's our own individual data. And what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for you. And so it's finding somebody that can use that technology with you to help find what is really going to help you to excel at it. So I think find a teacher that's, Obviously, lots of different apps and courses and that you can do, and that's all good, but I'm talking about like ideally. Mm-hmm. That would be the ideal. Great. That's really, really good advice. So let's talk about your own sort of routines and how you sort of prepare for your day. So do you have any habits or rituals that you do daily that get you in the right state? Yeah, as it turns mm-hmm. out, for sure. I do. Um for me, it's like starts the day before. So I, one of the last things I do for the, that day is plan tomorrow. So plan tomorrow today and I do that in half an hour increments. So I map it out and I've got a spreadsheet. It's pretty simple, Google Sheets uh, that I use. And then what that allows me to do is plan what's important to me and get on uh, my agenda, make sure I'm doing what's, uh, what I intend to do. The flip of not doing that, and I've fallen into this trap at different times and I see it a lot with other people, is the first thing you wake up when you wake up the next morning is you check your Facebook and you check your email or whatever it might be for you, whatever that is, and then you're giving your attention away, you're giving your power away. So for me, it's like having that day set out and then one of the first things I'll do in the morning is I'll have a lemon water. I have a coffee and I think um, I know I can still... Actually, meditation takes quite a bit of um, like focus. Mm-hmm. Coffee is um, doesn't inhibit that. Mm-hmm. It, it maybe it makes it easier. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I have uh, coffee whether it's right or wrong. But before I meditate, so then I do a stretch for about fifteen minutes. Um, my body loves it, and then um, sit and I do a seated practice for depends on the day. Generally between twenty and thirty minutes, right. and I um, have a my focus band on, so I'm just tracking my data and what it does is it um, gives me a score at the end of it so it's almost like gamifying meditation uh, for me which which is pretty cool and then from there I'm on my agenda that I've pre-set out the next the, the day before mm-hmm. so you wake up you have water coffee coffee very important in my life as well and then you'll sit just for that 20 30 minutes of meditation do some stretches and then that's just your morning ritual of how you get up every day yeah, for me, it's like just really taking uh, my attention, taking my, for me, I think our greatest power we have is our attention. So it's taking that away from the mind, taking it away from the internal distractions. So it's a process for me in my meditation is to 
take control of that attention. And then from there, I'll set my intentions. So I'll do my creative visualizations and and uh, just dwell in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, get into my day. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned as well, there's the what's important to me. So what's your view on it? So, for example, some people say, I haven't got time to do meditation and these these routines. I've got children. I've got other people that rely on me. But how important do you think making time for yourself is? I think it's super critical. Like it reminded me of just this morning I was meditating. I've got a five-year-old and she's mm-hmm. she's hanging around my neck and she's <laughs> dancing on me and swinging mm. on me. And um, and maybe not everyone can do that. But for me, it doesn't worry me. I think there's that saying, you know, you've got to fit your own oxygen mask first. And if I don't do this, then I'm not uh, going to be a good parent, as good a parent to my daughter for the rest of the day. So it's like... You know, I I do what I need to do, take that time for myself, and I I just make it a priority. It's my, almost my number one priority is to do that because I know how powerful it is mm-hmm. for me for the rest of the day. Yeah. For you, and if you could give advice to you know people, entrepreneurs, people looking to start their business, what what sort of the the one thing you believe someone should master in order to maintain that good headspace every day? Wow. So entrepreneurship, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a tough Mm. sport. And uh, I think having a daily practice, having some sort of um, uh, tools, whatever it might be, to be able to manage your well-being. I see it a lot in uh, as a startup innovation coach, people burning out because they push things for too hard for too long and um yeah you can do yourself some real damage like people are really hurting themselves i'm talking like chronic fatigue adrenal fatigue fibromyalgia like you can really hurt yourself pushing for a goal so for me it's like um yeah develop a practice i think it's really really important beyond the 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 physical health the mental health and we're talking about like insight and when you start learning around the science of this where insight and creativity actually happens it doesn't happen when you're stressed and overwhelmed Mm. it happens it's like how do you cultivate that Mm -hmm. so it helps helps Mm -hmm. to be uh, aware of that as well it's almost like we've got to flip it haven't we because i think people think i've got to do more to be productive but actually it's almost like we've got to do almost less and make more time for ourselves to sit and be and not be always in doing mode i think that's almost society is going through this stage now where it's hustle sleep when you're dead and that's actually having a really bad impact on mental health so are you seeing a lot of that with the entrepreneurs you're working with yeah it's definitely a real rise and grind mentality out there Mm. and i think it comes back to when we talked to touched on earlier we're we're upgrading our operating system like i link it to the different brainwave states like at beta high beta we, we, it's a thinking state and we can't think anymore. Like we thunk <laughs> as much as we can think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, it's a matter of upgrading our operating system and this is, comes back to that Gandhi quote as well, I'm so busy today I'm going to meditate for twice as long. It's tapping into these um, alpha and theta states where you're aligned with a, like the, the broader environment that we're in. We're part of a broader si- system um, and so that in that you can set intentions that are aligned to that. So you step into a greater level of flow. So it's moving into that effective doing and um, being states. 
that we experience in Alpha and Theta. Mm-hmm. So from running two of your own businesses that both are being, you know, both very successful, what advice would you give to somebody thinking about going out on their own or starting a new business? Where, where would you advise them to start? Yeah, cool. I think um, definitely start. It's, it's a different way to, particularly like if you have a growing sense of who you are, like it's a different way to live when you get to wake up each day and do what you were born to do to work on your dreams as opposed to somebody else's so and again that comes back to a, a, um upgrading our operating system because i feel like that is the future um and from there it's like um where to start there, there is definitely a, a process and a science around starting a business and it it does involve like it's a scientific approach what we teach anyway where it's about contra- constructing assumptions um, and then testing those assumptions and ideally that's all based around generating revenue initially not building a business people tend to have an idea and then they launch into start building their business and that can be fun and creative, but at that point, you're burning through resources not even knowing that you can generate revenue. So I always encourage people in, to build hypotheses um, and to test these hypotheses, run these experiments around building revenue. And that can be challenging for a lot of people because particularly if you've got an idea that you're passionate about and then you're out there and you're having to try to sell something, it can test you. So hang in there do it it's 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 the way um but this is you know a business is the most amazing um way to help you grow Mm -hmm. as a person as well Mm -hmm. and through those testing times that we've all been through growing a business what advice would you give to keep that motivation and that self-belief um everyone goes through it no one's got Mm -hmm. it easy no one just Mm -hmm you know steps up and go yay i'm successful like overnight successes take 10 years like just know that everyone goes through this and the people that you see that are there like they've done the hard yards they've been through that and i feel like um you know if if you're not where you want to be that's like a beautiful indication that you need to look at bringing something else in learning something looking for a new awareness because um, or overcoming a new hurdle because I think inevitably we're all put on this planet to be a full expression of who we are, just like, you know, a tree starts as a seed and it grows into a, a tree, um, not because it has to try and struggle, just because that's what it's meant to be. I feel like we're the same. And so it's, um, yeah, it's just be that. Mm. I love that that thought of growing like a like a tree because i i believe that if we're not growing we're we're dying ultimately so what what do you do in terms of that growth and that personal development day to day do you have a discipline there do you do you read certain amount of books or watch youtube or listen to podcasts what's your sort of thoughts on that yeah totally so i, I like to train at the gym so i've got um goals around my health like having good goals as well like goals around my health um financial goals um and your goals in each key area of my life but yeah 100 percent audible flat out um podcasts when i'm flat out as well like just um learning constantly um doing courses looking for coaches looking for people that already got the success that i want and then learning from them the thing is it's 
it's all there. We just need to, to tap in it and not be afraid to spend money on ourselves. Like yeah. a lot of the time it's just diverting funds away from recreational activities which not are not necessarily going to move us forward. They're fun in the moment, but the reality is that they're, they're not going, they're, they're a liability to a large extent because we just spend it and it's gone. So I encourage people to delay gratification wherever possible and try to reinvest that funds onto buying a course, whatever it might be. That's going to help people, help you um, mm. get what you want essentially. Mm. Yeah, it's investing in yourself and your future, isn't it? It is 100%. Yeah. And you, you mentioned goals there which I want to sort of um, dig in a little bit deeper to. So how, how do you go about setting your goals and mapping those out? Yeah, that's changed. That's actually a really good question. I, um, I'm due to reformat my goals and mm. just yesterday I just looked at, well, what's my big 12-month goal? Like because it's coming towards the end of the year. What am I really going to focus on? So I've got that. Like this is my – it's almost like my North Star, the, the goal that I'm really shooting for um, in a business sense. So um, – I've just had uh, – I just finished my a body sculpting competition. So that was a big goal for me in a, in a health sense, like a lot of diet or a lot of discipline around diet and, and training. And so I'll, I'll do a competition again next year but now I'm kind of like – it's challenging because now a month out of that, it's like, oh, okay, I can – I'm a, a little bit like rudderless, a little bit loose around that. So it's like I need to reset that goal. Um. You know, um, I guess um, looking into the new year, um, it, it, it's probably um, where I'm going to reset my goals. But typically I do them like 12 months. What's my 12-month goal? What's my three-month goal? And what do I need to do to be where I need to be in the next three months? So across each key area of your life, health, wealth, relationships, um, career, um, travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that because I think when people think goals, they think business and finance and it's at what cost does that come at? You know, and I think that when we set goals, we forget things that are equally as important, like relationships and health, you know. So, yes, you could have a goal of earning a million dollars, you know, this year and for a business. But at what cost is that going to come of your health and relationships? And I don't know about you, but I, I see a lot of people who start businesses that, you know, they, they do achieve their goals and that's fantastic. But in the process, they've lost all their friends. Their relationship is, you know, going down the pan. So what how important is it to make sure that you do have, you know, goals and alignment across all elements of your life? I think you're right. It's critical. For like it, It's up to the individual. Some people are willing to sacrifice. Um I think that's a, an unconscious way of doing it because life um, <clears throat> life almost demands balance um, is what my experience is and you can't just work all the time and there was periods in my life where I tried it and it just it, I just couldn't do it because life sort of demands it gives you these other you know impulses so I think balance is really really important mm-hmm. you're right in in sort of the HR recruitment industry and in the workplace, we talk about work-life balance and there's a lot of people who don't believe there's a, such a thing. So when when someone says work-life balance, what, what does that mean to you? I guess um, for me, that's uh, – I'm very family um, person. I've got two kids, one's 18, mm-hmm. one's five. So 
Um, I'm quite proactive with them. And I guess that does come back to individual values. But I, um, when I meditate, I guess I get a sense of in that stillness what is important and what arises. It's through those, like honoring those feelings, those insights. Um, and part of that is fulfilling a sense of purpose. Part of that is, um, you know, just honoring um, the beautiful things that are in my life, the gratitude for all the things that are in my life. And um, and then, yeah, just uh, I think just that's what I love about um, this new way of being. It, it, it's almost like life flows through you as opposed to you having to think and carry the weight of trying to create that as this individual little mind amongst this massive universe and all these people. It's kind of like you can let that go to a large extent and just drop into uh, being and let life throw through you and you get to influence things as you move along. So for me, to a large extent, that's um, that's how I see work-life balance is just... Um, dropping into that mm-hmm. flow of yeah. being yeah yeah that's that's such a beautiful way of putting it as well I, I absolutely love that and you you mentioned their gratitude and before we started talking we spoke about you know gratitude and how important is being grateful for the things we've already got whilst we work for our dreams yeah it's like uh, one of the first laws that i learned <laughs> around in this personal development space mm-hmm. keep your vibration high mm-hmm. because the law of attraction, you know, like so from a, a it helps you to feel good uh, in, in general, but it, it helps to manifest and bring in more of what it is that you want to see in your life. There's actually a really cool tool um, that I'll share that I use uh, that in, and it is related to goals. It's called Positive Prime and essentially it, uh, it uses a whole range. It's like a vision board on steroids in short and essentially what it does is it flashes like a thousand different images which are scientifically chosen because they elicit a positive response in you. And when, what, what you can do and what I do with mine and or check, I watch this daily is you upload your own images amongst these images. So these other images are priming you but then you've got images that for me there's past ones, things that have been meaningful to me but then there's also things that I want to see show up in my life. And uh, I've used this for since about February, March, and I've had the most amazing synchronicities of things just showing up effortlessly in my mm-hmm. life that have been in my positive prime. Mm-hmm. Could you give a little example of that? Yeah, so uh, transformational tech, transformative technologies is something that I'm involved in um, throughout Australia. I help to coordinate their efforts um, as part of a global network, and we're supporting entrepreneurs that are creating technology around mental health, well-being, and Human Thriving. They had a conference last year in November. I couldn't go because it was my son's um, grade 12 graduation and uh, so it was on the same time. But I watched some of it streaming and I seen these two guys that were doing this um, neurostimulation with this um, V-light, this light gamma wave. And I'm like, oh, I just don't want to do it. That'd be so amazing to be doing that. So I put photos of those two guys into my positive prime. And through uh, a grant that I got and the work that I do at the space, I, I had the opportunity to go over to um, San Francisco and spend a month at the Transformative Technology Labs. And uh, I didn't really know what the lab looked like or what that entailed. Long story short is when I got to this lab, which actually turned out to be a house, actually turned out to be this big nine-bedroom mansion, um, 
I walked in and, and those two guys were living in the house. So I got to spend three weeks with them. Couldn't have planned it. It was effortless. Got to try that yeah. V-Light brain simulation yeah. uh, a number of times and yeah. they became really, we became really close. It was just like effortless. I didn't even, mm-hmm. it was, just, but they were in my positive prime mm-hmm. and the universe conspired to make mm-hmm. it happen. Yeah, I, I, I totally get, I, I get it. I have, a, I've created a vision board myself and just certain things have started showing up. Like I, I put, um, podcasting on it and 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 public speaking and just I started a podcast and I've started doing some more pu- public speaking and it's it's amazing when you sort of put it out to the universe and you start getting it reflected back so I I believe in that completely I think it's incredible and, and yeah 100 percent. coming back to that's your, your question around gratitude and, yeah. and it's part of it's being in that state of yeah. receiving and, mm-hmm. and and gratitude and being thankful mm-hmm. And I think uh, that's why I like the positive prime because it it does that work for you, just mm-hmm. like f- through the images mm-hmm. that it shows you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so powerful because well, I have a saying. I believe you know people say garbage in, garbage out, but I believe garbage in, garbage will stay. So it's it's almost like we have to be like guarders of our minds. So mm. in in terms of like if someone sat there listening to this and go, well, I've got nothing in my life to be grateful for. Where where would you advise them to start with a gratitude practice? Yeah, well, the thing is, like, it's funny. I actually, for my clients before coming here, we did a little meditation. Um, mm-hmm. We had about 10 minutes before I leave and, mm-hmm. and come over. And where the meditation started was just taking them back to the point of conception, how there was like millions of sperm that were fighting <laughs> to meet this one egg to, to um, fertilize that egg so that they... Uh, could become an embryo so that yeah. they can enter into this reality yeah. and the fact that they're here is a freaking miracle because yeah. it was that combination so mm. that in itself is something to be grateful mm. for and and to have this body to experience this reality and i know it's challenging at times you know the air that we get to breathe like if you're someone that lives in this country like there's a whole host of reasons to to, to see how we're so much better off and i feel that um yeah, just the opportunity to live and experience life. And I know it's not always easy, but is um, I don't know. I look at it that um, I'm an energetic being here um, in, in this human uh, reality, like just in this um, human avatar. Um, and energy can't be created nor destroyed. Nothing is ever lost. So it's like for this moment of time, I've, I've got to be in this human form and then soon enough I'll drop this body. That was not really no, it's beautiful. what your question yeah. was. Yeah. But I feel like our beliefs are really important mm. because they they can help guide us into a suffering or, or, or not. Mm. And I think our beliefs should serve mm. us. So mm. yeah. I, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, that having a gratitude practice and you, you just start noticing the little things, you know, like if uh, – you know, if you, if, you, if the train comes on time or, the, you know, you get a great coffee or, you know, just these small little things that perhaps before you took for granted, you go, oh, wow, that's 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 amazing. And through that, you just generally do feel more happier. And yeah. and then as you're more happier, I feel like you attract more of that good stuff into your life. So I love I love what you're saying there about energy and what we put out is what we get back. I, I completely agree with you there. hundred percent. And. A question that I always love to ask is we, we all define success differently. And I think we do live in a society where it's very driven by things and money and material. But I'm curious to know 
what does success mean to you? Yeah, well, that's a good question. And funnily enough, I did a uh, a blog on this about uh, two weeks ago and it was like about redefining what success is because you're right, I think we're, we're conditioned to think it's this material um, and physical and I see people manipulating their bodies to look a certain way and I everyone's striving for the money and well and and then like that's some of those things are not necessarily a bad thing but for me you know like as someone that grew up with a sense of suffering my number one goal in life was to move beyond that suffering and I feel like I did that in in 2012 so um, that was success you know like in this lifetime I feel like I am already a success because I don't suffer. And um, for the people out there that have that acute sense of suffering, for me, suffering is that sense of like just really like something, having a trigger, whether it's around something in my life and it just spirals me down into this like pit of just feeling this tenseness and this suffering is the best way to describe it. And it inevitably passes and then feel more expansive again, but then something will trigger it. So moving beyond that, and then for me, that extends to then uh, as a plant-based vegan, you're a vegan as well, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's like, and this is just my point of view, but I wanted to extend that, um, like that end of suffering onto other sentient beings on the mm-hmm. planet. So it's partly why I, like, um, I choose to thrive on a plant-based diet. So that was important to me. And then having optimum health, so like training is really important to me. So that's why I do the body sculpting competitions. I get to wake up each day and do what I was born to do. So for me, like um, I get to grow into that. So for me, that's success and that's what I want. Um, and these are things like, and again, can they just come back to my to my beliefs? But these are things that for me help to define what success is for me. And um, I think they're, they're the main ones. There was a couple other on my list. I can't remember what they were now, but it's... it's um, yeah, it's that, like to be the full expression of who I am. Mm. To live in alignment, I guess. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, that's sort of what we're all, and and, and for me, I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I, the reason why I decided to turn turn plant-based, well, one of the main, many reasons was that um, I believe, if I sit here and say I feel that we are all connected and we are all energy, if I'm eating another being's pain and suffering and consuming that, then what's that doing inside of me you yeah. know and, and and what's it doing to them <laughs> exactly absolutely exactly yeah. exactly and w- that's a whole different yeah, topic yeah. we won't go down that but um look final question Troy what does an exceptional life look like to you I guess it's like for me it's like living that success mm. um and I, like to a large extent I have like I live those sort of metrics of success and I guess um, now I'm just working towards increasing the resources that I have so that I can have a bigger impact. And for me, really what that is, my, the impact that I want to have is to help um, consciousness to evolve on the planet, to help people to become more conscious. And what that looks like is just helping people to step out of that mental noise, to realize that they're not the mind, to connect into a greater sense of who they are, to feel full. And then from there, like to live as a full expression of who they are. So that's the work that I'm doing through the space is helping people to detach from that mind-made construct of self that keeps people stuck and keeps people suffering 
And then from there, with the insights that arise around who they are, it's like, all right, well, how do I create an income doing that? It's like, great, well, this is how we can do that as well. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Troy, where can people find you? Uh, The best way, I guess, is... um, you can go to troyhaines.com. That's probably the best way mm-hmm. to go. I've got a number of different um, sites out there, but if you go to Troy Haynes, go, mm-hmm. troyhaines.com, mm-hmm. You'll, you'll, you'll get me there. Thank you. Uh, amazing. Thank you so much Thanks for your so time. Much. I really and appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to working with you definitely Yay. in the future. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mind to Do podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it with at least one of your friends. And please leave a comment. Please like this podcast. It would mean the world to me. Let's connect. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. Georgie Hubbard on LinkedIn. Georgie L. Hubbard on Instagram. I hope you have a beautiful day. I look forward to bringing you lots more content, lots more value. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon.